Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 8. David Black. Candy, is everything all right? Katie couldn't believe her stupidity. Her heart in her throat, she raced towards the black home. I cannot believe you left me here, all by myself. Candy fumed with her thoughts. I have to watch Lizzie and the perimeter. I'm sorry, I got distracted. She pushed herself to go faster. Has anything happened? No. Katie sighed in relief. I'll be right there. Are you needing help? Jackson's thoughts rang through her mind. Katie didn't say anything as she heard Candy respond with an all clear so far. The house came into sight. Every light in the place blazed like a beacon. The waves of electrical current were so powerful it felt like she was standing in the ocean. The waves periodically would crash into her and recede. She ran around the house, sniffing the slight breeze for any danger. Katie, are you sure everything is okay? Jackson's worried thoughts penetrated her mind. Do you need me to come? Katie shook her head. It's best if we fulfill the wishes of the Black family. She could feel Jackson sigh, his emotions bleak. The electrical current is extremely powerful, but I'm pretty sure everything is still fine. She paused. Lizzie's sheet of form was watching something downwind from the house. She decided to go and investigate. How are things with you? She said distractedly. Jackson hesitated. I'm actually very busy. I'm just worried. I know. Katie came up behind Lizzie and quietly peered into the darkness. She lifted her nose to sniff the air. She couldn't see or smell anything amiss. Lizzie turned and saw her. Don't you have better things to do than spy on me? Why would you think I'm spying on you, Lizzie? A guilty conscience? Lizzie sniffed loudly and walked back towards the house. She paused about 50 feet from Katie. Are you coming? Katie Notice the distance. It was about half the area Lizzie can project, which meant she was making sure the house was covered at all times. She casually turned and walked back with Lizzie. Candy, shut the woods out back quickly. I'm on it. Katie had a strong suspicion. Go out further than our designated perimeter. It didn't take long to get Candy's reaction. Ah! Katie's heart leaped into her throat. What's wrong? There are so many I can't count them with my nose. Jackson, we need help now. Katie screamed with her mind. I'm on my way. Katie headed for the one target she could clearly see. Her best friend, Lizzie Hawk. She attacked Lizzie from behind, knocking the wind out of her. She was much larger than the cheetah. It turned instinctively, clawing her soft underbelly. Katie was ready for it. Jumping back, 
Just in time, she grabbed the neck. Twisting around, she threw the large cat into the air, slamming it into the house. The cat fell limply on the ground. Catherine, what are you doing? Miss Smith spoke with her thoughts, her confusion evident. Katie turned around quickly. Get ready for a fight. They're coming. She faced the woods. The smells coming from them were so strong, she flinched. Go protect the right side of the house, she told the timber wolf. Get forced out here, protecting the left side. She heard a fight start behind the house. She knew Candy was already fighting. She resisted the urge to run and help her friend. Then she saw them approaching. Oh, dear God, she whispered. We need your help. Please, help me protect this family. She braced herself, charging into three large cats. Just before she reached them, she flipped into the air, landing on the back of the one directly in front of her. Grabbing its neck, she hurled the bundle around, knocking the other two over. Twisting around, she reached for the tender inner neck. Clamping down hard, she swung the large cat, using its body as a baseball bat, towards the other two. Realizing the cat in her mouth was completely limp, she let go, attacking the largest of the other two left. The smaller cat jumped on her. She flipped on her back, allowing all her weight to land on the unsuspecting cat. She heard the whoosh of air as the cat lost its breath. The second cat jumped on top of her, sinking its deep claws into her soft underbelly. Katie could see it was trying to go in for the kill, her neck completely exposed. Using her sharp teeth, she snapped her jaws trying to get a good bite. Twisting around, Katie used her longer legs to keep the larger cat at bay. The smaller cat had somehow got out from under her and was slowly crawling up her shoulder, its sharp claws digging in, reaching for her precious neck. Jackson, where are you? She heard a loud growl, and the large cat was thrown off her by a large black blur. Katie smiled. Now the real fighting can begin. Reaching around, she grabbed the smaller cat. Around the neck, she viciously shook till it lay lifeless in her mouth. She heard a shot ring out. Looking in the direction of the house, she saw a cat attempting to crawl through a broken window. Racing towards the window, she jumped, snatching the hind legs and brought it down to the ground hard. Jumping up to the window, she turned human the moment she landed on the ledge. Her clothes immediately forming on her body, she saw a large cat snarling at the pointed barrel of a gun. Crawling inside, she took one great leap, transforming back into wolf form, landing on the cat, knocking it down with her weight. Grabbing it by the neck, she dragged it towards the window, shaking it viciously and swung it around. She threw the cat out of the window, knocking its head hard on the windowsill before falling to the ground. Taking a quick glance around the room, making sure there were no other cats, she turned back into human form. Are you guys okay? Mr. Black gave her a shaky thumb up. 
a small bobcat snarled in her direction. Turning back into wolf form, she jumped back out of the window, making sure she landed on the cat she just threw out. Snarling, she grabbed it by the back of the neck and viciously shook it until it grew limp. Letting go, she quickly turned to the next cat, ready to attack. It backed up quickly, immediately turning into human, clothes forming on its torso. Whoa, wolf, I'm on your side. The seeker turned back into cat form, looking around for the next attack. Katie shook her head to clear her mind. She couldn't see anything attacking. Running around to the front of the house, Jackson was quietly facing the woods. Afraid of what she might find, Katie ran around to the right side of the house. With the help of two seekers, the timber wolf was finishing a large mountain lion. Her heart in her throat, she raced to the back of the house. She breathed a sigh of relief when she saw a snow leopard casually licking one of her paws. She saw five seekers in crouched positions staring into the woods. Katie rounded around to the left side of the house and came up to the seeker she had almost attacked. Immediately, she transformed into human form. Are they all gone? The seeker changed into human, clothes naturally appearing on his form. No, they're still out there. I don't know why they stopped. She nodded in response, keeping a close eye on the trees. She headed back to the front of the house. Jackson was staring intently into the woods. You see anything? He shook his head, not taking his eyes off the trees. I don't know how many are out there, but I believe there are more of them than us. Why aren't they attacking? I honestly don't know. He kicked a rock in frustration. We came so close to losing everyone here. If I would have been two minutes later, you would have been dead. She nodded silently, agreeing with him. What happened? Lizzie was projecting an all clear. Katie rubbed the back of her neck. I got suspicious when she was staring at something in the backwoods. I decided to investigate. I asked Candy to check out the woods stepping outside the perimeter. She immediately could smell the seekers. That's when I called for help. Jackson nodded his head, still keeping an eye on the woods. Where's Lizzie now? I threw her against the house. I think I knocked her out. Jackson shook his head in agitation. I can pretty much guarantee the orders are to kill everyone on the premises. Why are they not attacking? She looked back at the lighted house. The electrical current that was coming in waves had ceased sometime during the fight. Katie knew a white tiger was somewhere inside. Turning back around, she faced the woods. She could feel eyes watching them. Hearing a sound, she turned and saw several seekers jogging around the house, keeping a close eye on the woods. She frowned. I thought you were putting the seekers in cages to stop them from returning to their masters. I was. They started busting up the cages, trying to escape so they could return to their masters. I was having a hard time keeping the situation contained. Katie remembered Jackson saying he was really busy doing something. How are they here? When I told them they were on their own, I had to go save you. They all wanted to come. He shrugged. I don't know what exactly happened. One minute they were like ravaged beasts. 
The next, they're pleading to come and help. When I let them out, I expected them to head for the woods to their masters. Instead, they kept right with me and stayed to fight. Katie turned and saw a seeker coming close to them with another round. Hey, can you come here for a minute? The large cat stopped and hesitantly came towards her. I'm not going to bite. I just want to ask you a few questions. The cat turned into a tall kid with long, blonde hair. She recognized him but didn't know his name. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Jake. Jackson and the kid said at the same time. Hello, Jake. Katie reached forward with her hand and formally shook his hand. Do you feel a pull to go to your master? Jake shook his head, a big smile on his face. She smiled, giving Jackson a quick glance. Can you explain what happened to cause the difference? One minute, I was feeling the urge to go so strongly, I was doing everything I could to break the cage. Jake shrugged. I heard Jackson say you were in trouble and needed help. I wanted to come and help. As soon as I decided I wanted to help, the urge to go left. Just like that, it left? Jake gave her a big grin. Yup, just like that, gone. Katie shook her head. Thanks, Jake. You're doing a great job. Jake grinned before changing back into a large cat. They are still seekers. Yes, but they're one step closer to becoming pure hearts. Jackson chuckled. I thought you didn't like the name. I don't like being called after a fluffy Care Bear. But the name has a nice ring to it. Jackson chuckled, giving her a quick glance before returning his stare back into the woods. I believe I'm going to check what is going on inside. Katie gave Jackson a soft pat on the shoulder in farewell. Jackson nodded, keeping his eyes on the dark trees beyond. Katie reached into her backpack, pulling out her clothes. Putting them on quickly, she walked into the black home. Mrs. Black was on the ground softly stroking the very large white tiger on the floor. It was purring loudly as it rested its head on his mother's lap. Katie smiled at the scene. Mr. Black was standing nervously with a shotgun in his hands, keeping an eye on all the windows. The fighting has stopped for now, she said quietly. Mr. Black lowered the gun as relief swallowed his features. That big one came off a close to getting him. Katie bent down to the tiger. Well, great leader, how does it feel to be the great white tiger? She said softly with her thoughts. Katie, I'm so sorry. I'm such a jerk. Yes, you are, Katie acknowledged. I'd like to see you admit to it. Was the fighting really bad? Yes. She sighed and sat down on the floor beside him. There were more of them than us, and I don't have a clue why they didn't just finish us off. Did anyone? David lowered his head, obviously afraid of the answer. She shook her head softly, stroking the soft, springy texture of the tiger's fur. No, at least not on our side. I told you it would be okay without the Seekers helping us. Katie glanced up, meeting Forrest's hateful expression. Heat immediately shooting through her body. How would you know what worked? You stayed in the house, not helping at all. Four shook his head. My primary concern was to make sure the boy was kept safe. All of our primary concern was to keep David safe. I specifically told Miss Smith 
to tell you to get your butt out there and watch the left side of the house, which by chance they were able to penetrate through the window. The old man straightened his back. I don't listen to Wolf's orders. How very convenient for you. When the large cat broke through the window, where were you? I didn't see you fighting, coward. I'm not going to jump in front of a gun. Oh, so now the coward is hiding behind the human and his gun. Katie, stop! The roar of the tiger was deafening. Katie turned to face the tiger, not exactly understanding what David wanted. Maybe you should go. Katie blinked. Who should go? Katie, I want you to go. What? I'm not going to stand by and watch you bully an old man in my presence. A bully? He's an old man, Katie. If he wanted to sit this fight out, then let him do it. David, do you have any idea how close we came to dying? We needed every available person. I'm sure you can handle it. Katie stared at David, dumbfounded. She pointed a finger in the tiger's face. Those were the exact words Sam told me. She turned and left the house, slamming the door behind her. One more thing you need to think about, all-knowing leader. What is it, Katie? Miss Smith is over 40 years older than Forrest, and she was out here fighting, giving everything she had to save your sorry butt. I can pretty much guarantee there will always be an excuse for the coward not to fight. Katie, yeah, I know. You're such a jerk. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's session of My Castle, the second book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.